helping men to live their Catholic faith boldly. This is Men of Christ Radio on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Powerful and inspiring conversations with Catholic speakers and leaders about your family, your parish, your nation, your world, and what you, as a man of Christ, can do about it. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Men of Christ Radio. My name is Brian Farley, your humble host, and thank you for joining us. This is now our fifth show, which is quite awesome. And you can find all the shows, in case you haven't heard them live, which I'm sure you have, but just in case you didn't, they're all on the WSFI Catholic Radio website. That's WSFICatholicRadio.org under Audio Archives. Men of Christ. You can find all the episodes and download them, listen to them, listen to them again. There's a lot of content to these things. That's not from me. It's from the guys we have as our guests, these awesome speakers and guests. Very, very exciting and fascinating and inspirational material. Like today, for example, our guest is Kyle Clement, who has spoken. He spoke at the last Men of Christ conference and very in-depth and intense stuff. By way of setting it up, let me just say this, that my favorite book growing up, and still is, is C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters. And what I love about that is the way Lewis combines, you know, hilarious British comedy with really very intense theology about demonology, really, how the devil, how demons work in the world and in our own minds, in our souls, in our lives, to slowly, subtly corrupt us, to bring us around, away from God, towards hell. And the whole point of it is that generally the demons are very subtle about this. They're not very obvious about it, as you might think, very subtle about it. And so it's very important for us to be attuned to that, to be aware of this motion within our minds, within our souls, within our lives, within the world. And that's hard to do on our own. This is why we have a church. This is why we we learn about our faith. And that helps us become attuned to this activity of the, the, the dark side and how we can fight it. Well, this is what Kyle Clement deals with all the time. Kyle, in addition to being a speaker at many men's conferences and leadership workshops around the country, he's a case study facilitator with the Pope Leo XIII Institute. And what they do is train bishops, priests, exorcists, deacons, and laity in spiritual formation and helping them to prepare their minds and hearts to bring the light of Christ to dispel evil and heal wounded and afflicted individuals. And they do this obviously through spiritual means. They also work closely with mental health care professionals to do extraordinary work at dealing very much with the very, very darkest of evil. So Kyle takes what he learns from that and brings it out to regular guys like us who are dealing with evil sometimes when we don't even know it. Specifically today, what Kyle wants to talk about is the power of relational authority. Okay, so what's that? Well, he's going to explain it to us. Generally, it means that the better our relationship is with God the Father as Father, as God, the better all of our relationships will be with our loved ones, with strangers, with authority figures in the world, and just in general to the universe outside of our own minds. It's, it's the opposite of relativism. It's the respect and understanding of an objective truth to which we must conform to become fully ourselves. So, not as hilarious as C.S. Lewis's approach, but equally as fascinating and in-depth. 
So, before we get started, we'd like to begin, as we always do, with prayer, asking for the guidance of the Blessed Virgin Mary, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, my Queen, my Mother, I give myself entirely to Thee, and to show my devotion to Thee, I consecrate to Thee this day my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole being without reserve. Wherefore, good Mother, as I am Thine own, keep me and guard me as Thy property and possession, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. With that, we're ready to go. We're going to start with Kyle Clement coming up right after these messages. Stick around. My name is Father Dominic Pelusi. I'm a member of the Priests of the Sacred Heart. I have been ordained for 41 years. St. Paul tells us how shall they call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe unless they have heard of him? And how can they hear unless there is someone to preach? We have the opportunity for Catholic Radio to do exactly that, to bring the Word of God into our houses, but more importantly, into our hearts. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Listen at 7 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday to WSFI Spotlight, a half-hour conversation with outstanding Catholics from our community and around the world. WSFI Spotlight re-airs on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. or listen on demand anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit wsfiradio.org for more information. It's WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Only on WSFI Catholic Radio, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Are you enjoying this WSFI local program and want to share it with others? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen, Then Programming. That's WSFI Catholic Radio, Listen, Then Programming. WSFI is on social media. Follow us on Twitter at WSFIFM and like us on Facebook by searching for WSFI Catholic Radio. All right, we're back on Men of Christ Radio, and again, our guest today is Kyle Clement, and a lot to cover, and some heavy material, so Kyle, we'll get right to it. Now, we talk about uh, the, the, the re relational authority. Can you tell me, what is relational authority? What do you mean by that? Relational authority is our relationship to God Almighty, the Creator. God the Father, in that title, it's our relationship to him through the constructs of society, of family, of church, and it is our knowing where we are in that order, in that righteous relationship that gives us authority over those downline and 
the right disposition to be under the authority of those upline, so to speak. And when we become disengaged from that, it's spiritually damaging to us. All right. So now, why is something like that important in today's society and, and, and world? We see a, a lot going on. People uh, not really respecting traditions or customs or anything else. So uh, I imagine a proper understanding of relational authority speaks to, to that, or a lack of a proper understanding of relational authority speaks to some of what we're seeing today. I think so. When you go back and look at historically when we were in right relationship with God as people. And this is scriptural. You can go through the sin cycle of the Israelites when they were in right relational authority with God and were acting in a just manner. Then they were almost impervious to the attack of of their neighbors and to other kingdoms who would seek to conquer or suppress them. When they were not in relational authority, they were vulnerable. They had stepped outside the Psalm 91 protection promised them of the covenant relationship. And so they're vulnerable when they step outside of that relational authority. This is this concept is almost non-existent in society. We've been encouraged by the Luciferian concepts of rugged individuality, independence, to leave home and seek your fortune, to do all things that disrupt and raise up a blockage to God's grace, the Father's grace and blessing. He flows those graces and blessings through the sacramental constructs of religious orders, marriage, and right relationship. And when we are out of that right relationship are skewed, then the flow of grace is impeded. My regular job is at a university, a a Catholic university, ostensibly, but still at a university. And I I can just imagine what a lot of the faculty would say hearing this concept. They would say, this is this is totally medieval. Uh, What what do you say to that that criticism? It absolutely is. And we should embrace it. (laughs) We have to look back in history. If we desire for our church, full convents, full monasteries, full rank priesthood and full pews, fully functional domestic churches, when the church was at her height, It was based on this propriety and this pristine nature of relational authority. Everybody knew who they were and where they were with regard to the flow of grace via the Christian community, via the church. So if we desire a robust church, we must look back at those times when she was robust and be a student of history, not a critic. All right. Now, relational authority... Doesn't this go against the whole concept? You, I, you mentioned it before, the, the very, very American concepts, and, and certainly I could consider myself politically conservative, so generally the ideas of independence and rugged individualism are considered positives, but it sounds like what you're suggesting here is those are those can be harmful to relational authority. I think that at the core of of this erosion of of relational authority is the sense of self-importance, the idea that self is somehow greater than he who created us. This is first commandment theology. The grain of sand has no reference unless it's on a beach among the other grains of sand. And so when we see ourselves as an integral part of, of creation, yet creation could very much exist without us. 
back to what we learned in, in first and second grade about the power of a snowflake is in community. The single snowflake has little significance. This goes against some of our American concepts, but I think at some point we have to embrace and understand that, that America, this country, was not founded on Catholic principle. This is not a Catholic country, and it has never been a Catholic country. It is not built upon Catholic theology. I think that to look at that from a very clear and clinical standpoint gives us a fully realization, a more fuller realization that we are in fact aliens in a strange land. We are spiritual beings on this earth. We are in the earth, but we are not of the earth. We are in this country. We are citizens of this country, but that does not define us or should not define us. All right. Now you're throwing a lot out here, and I'm I'm, I'm trying to write down more questions as you're as you're speaking because this is fascinating stuff. But in a sense, isn't another word for what you're talking about just the the spiritual concept of humility, the the actual meaning of humility? I think so, and I think it's good to pick that up. Is you know our Blessed Mother makes two statements in the Magnificat, very close together, that give us a clear picture of the virtue of humility. She says, the Lord has looked with favor on his lowly handmaid. So there's the one side of of humility. And then moments later, she says, all generations will call me blessed. From anyone else, this could be an arrogant statement. But we know that the Blessed Mother is the epitome of humility. Humiliare is defined specifically as knowing exactly who you are, nothing more, nothing less, and being defined by this relationship to God not out of an individual status. Okay, so we're talking, the humility is more focused on me knowing who I am in truth, and relational authority is taking that knowledge and then pairing it to how I, as I am, relate to God and therefore everyone and everything else. Well said, well said. This is the value of the virtue of humiliare not false condemnation, not false aggrandizement, but a clear realization that each and every one of us is in a position of authority over someone, something. Even early on, we are called to be sovereign of our thoughts. And so we are in fact in charge of and should be able to subject our intellectual activity. This self-discipline indicates our willingness and our ability to then shepherd souls when we matriculate through society and through the community to achieve the status of spouse and father and mother and then ultimately patriarch and matriarch where we are responsible for the formation and preservation of so many souls. All right. Now, this is there's a lot here. How do you, as an individual, how, how does somebody do this? How do you foster this, this idea, this concept in your own life? I think that first and foremost, we must find a position of peace and a position of sustainability with regard to your own situation. As we seek employment, it must be compatible with spousal union of marriage or marriage or whatever our vocation is. Whatever our employment is must be compatible with that and compatible with our faith. If we knowingly engage in activities that are not compatible with our faith, then we set up a conflict. The adversary looks for conflict in our life 
Are we who we say we are? Do we do what we say we do? And that integrity, he looks for the mouth that blesses and curses. And in that, he will find fertile ground to sow the seeds of division and derision and consternation. A clear vignette of re- relational authority is we are going somewhere with our young sons to have a father-son in- encounter. And a policeman pulls us over because we're going too fast. Gentlemen, beware how you interact with this law enforcement officer because he is authority. Your response to authority will be mirrored back to you at some point by your own children. If you are disrespectful, if you argue, if you in any way challenge this authority, directly or indirectly, these boys take this in, file it away, and you will get to hear these words given back to you. That's an excellent point by our behavior towards authority in whatever form. Yeah, we're sending a strong message to those <laughs> uh, that, that we, it, for whom we are the authority figure. And that can come up back to bite you, as I've found out as a father as well at times. Children tend to mirror your behavior. And our role as fathers, for those of us who are fathers, is the most important in our lives. And so I think this is an excellent piece of information, right, all levels of authority, be it our national leaders to the extent that we interact with them, police, as you say, even, I mean, in terms of our own wives, our own marriage, there's there's consequence there as well, is there not? I think there's such huge consequences. The strong, the really strong spiritual marriages are those in which the children will never hurt, never hear a derogatory comment by one spouse toward the other or toward the other spouse's family. There's a constant understanding and remembrance that the children are the product of both. And in the worst case scenario, both spouses disparage the other, thereby cursing or bringing a derogatory thought into the child on both contributions to his genealogy. So he has he has no uh, he has no real chance here to develop a spiritual foundation of, of solid footing. Now, I'm not talking about false praise at all. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about the pointing out through and in the language of love, one spouse to the other. These are the things that she does that makes me happy. These are the things that he does that I know he is considering the family. We as men, there's a lot put on us by the feminist culture that says how we should act. And it's it's womanhood defining fatherhood. This is a dangerous concept. By the same token, we as men mirror and should use as our exemplar God Almighty and His unwavering commitment to mankind. And that's an excellent point, probably a whole different topic, but for we as men, particularly as fathers, ought to strive to, as best as possible, mirror God the Father for our for our wives and certainly for our children, and that would affect then their relationship with with God the Father. I, I know uh, hearing, um, I think it was some lighthouse Catholic talk, a gentleman did work with inner city youths, and one of the ministers said, don't talk about God the Father all the, that much because most of these kids don't have a father and they don't think very highly of the concept. And fortunately, the, the uh, priest wisely said, well, the, I need to talk to them about God the Father, and he reintroduced the concept and was able to get around the, you know, kind of demographic 
horror of the fact that so many of these kids didn't have a father. So our role as fathers very much affects, or how we behave as fathers very much affects our children's idea of who and what God is, and that's relational authority. That's some of the authority that, that we have in that role as, as father. Precisely. Well said. And I think looking up line, you find that place of peace. You find that job, that, that uh, employment that gives you some inner peace. Find an employer that you can pray for and let your children know you pray for that employer because economic benefit flows into the family through your relationship with your boss, with your employer. To realize these are the avenues of blessing and your provision and protection largely is dependent upon your relationship to your employer, your provision and protection of your family, your ability to be present to your family and thought, word, and deed, even when you are not physically there is so important. I think one of the things that militates against proper fatherhood and relational authority is we are fuzzy or vague in our boundaries. When we are home, we have to be home. We have to be 100% present to those individuals in our, in our company. Multitasking is not a good attribute when you are at home. It may be a good attribute when you are employed, but the child that stands in front of you and has this moment with their father needs to know that the father is fully aware of them in this moment and fully present to them. I think that to be present when we are called to be present, to pray for our benefactors, to pray for those in positions of superiority over us, that they receive mercy, that they be in right alignment with God, that they understand their relationship with God and for us to give constant testimony, both upline and downline to this relationship. Excellent, all right, well, what we're gonna do, we're gonna take a quick little break, and then we'll come back and continue with Kyle Clement, who works with the Leo Thirteenth Institute of Pope Leo Thirteenth as a small group facilitator dealing with this subject matter and other subject matter of profound interest and importance. So please stick around. We're going to take a quick little break. We'll be right back with Kyle Clement on Men of Christ Radio right after this. Hello, I'm Father James Kubicki, the U.S. Director of the Apostleship of Prayer, and I ask you to support Catholic Radio in your area because Catholic Radio is the way that we can get the word out today. It's Catholic evangelization at its best, and I've heard conversion stories all over the place because of people who have tuned in as they're driving or in their homes, listening to Catholic Radio by accident and the Lord touching their hearts through the message they heard. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. 
Call 847-548-MAT. 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Hello, I'm Joe Scheidler, host of Pro-Life Today on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. It's a half-hour conversation with leaders in the pro-life movement committed to protecting the most vulnerable among us. That's every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Or listen anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. That's Pro-Life Today, every Monday at 3.30 p.m. only on WSFI Catholic Radio. All right, we're back on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM and Men of Christ Radio. My name is Brian Farley, and today we're talking with Kyle Clement, who's a great friend of Men of Christ. He was a speaker at our conference uh, last year, and he will be conducting a retreat slash workshop coming up later in August, August 26th and 27th in the Milwaukee area for and through Men of Christ, and talking about all kinds of intense and and important subject matters, spiritual warfare, understanding the whole kind of dynamic of of the fall of the angels, the fall of man, spiritual and psychological vulnerabilities that we all are subject to for innumerable reasons, Uh, the role of men in the kingdom of God, and also some of what we're talking about right now, which is the power of relational authority relational authority being our relationship with God the Father and how that relationship, our central relationship, affects all of our other relationships. And how we react to authority affects those whom we are in authority over. I don't know if I'm expressing that grammatically properly, but Kyle, what I wanted to ask you, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about current events, and in current events we have an increasingly tragic disrespect isn't the word hatred for law enforcement particularly police the anti-military sentiment sentiment has been around for a long time that seems to be back on the rise but obviously most specifically with the murder of five police officers in dallas and an increasing movement among not only radicals and activists but also many so-called intellectuals and elites demonizing basic, you know, Sergeant Joe on the street trying to protect people and property. Uh, lack of respect for the police. Does It's kind of a big general question, but it, is that a symptom of the decline of our, our respect for this idea of relational authority? I think it, I think you very much put your finger on exactly what has happened is this is a societal manifestation or a manifestation of societal proportion of the Luciferian concepts and growing Luciferian concepts of entitlement and individual authority. This is at the heart of relativism. And when we enter the howling wasteland of relativism where all the landmarks of virtue are absent, we are truly in a strange land. If you want to see a precedent to this, look into the book of Judges in the Bible where there was no leadership and every man did what he thought was right. Once we engage in the unclean, we lose the ability to tell clean from unclean, and it becomes degradation and perversion by a matter of degrees. Human life has very little value when the other constructs of virtue and righteousness and relational authority have no value. We, this has been steadily coming in this country. It's not without precedent. 
I think that you look at Rome as a good indicator, but scripturally we have time after time when this is in fact been the behavior of Israel. Everyone goes about themselves, each one becomes their own God, and in true Luciferian thought, each one worships himself in this series of and and in this disposition of independence. We become a country of special interest of one, and we have no sense of community and no sense of order. God Almighty, God the Creator, His first activity was to bring order out of disorder, cosmos out of chaos. The ordered life can be a holy life. The disordered life will never be holy because it lacks that central theme of order and relationship to God. And relativism, as you said, is really the opposite of that uh, because it's it's no order at all it's just what I want when I want it kind of thing one interesting point you you reiterated here you kind of made it earlier but the Luciferian concept of entitlement and also an over dependence or emphasis on independence so in a sense we have I keep bringing it back to the political but that's me Uh, you, (laughs) you have kind of the libertarian idea of rugged individualism, leave me alone, I'm going to do what I want and get out of my way, and, and which would be, you know, I guess sort of the right-wing extreme. And then you have the entitlement mentality, which many of us would say is more the left-wing extreme of, I need it, give it to me, it's mine, I deserve it. And this is sort of the, the problem I think we're experiencing in this country is, is kind of a, a melding of the two, you know, ironically. It's it's not the conservatives, it's not the liberals, it's this perverted individualism that also generates a sense of entitlement, and that seems to stem from, from what you're talking about here. It is, and I think that when you look at it, as you, your words, liberalism and Tell me what you used on the other side. It was... Libertarian, which is kind of like extreme conservatism, very rugged individualist. Right. So we're using liberal and libertarian as two sides. Essentially, there are two sides of the same coin. They are, the, and it's not the coin of the realm, the realm being God's kingdom. In the kingdom of God, the coin of the, of the realm, via relational authority, is built on obligation. What are my obligations and what are my duties to the greater good? And God defines the greater good, which is the, the pursuit of salvation. And we militate against that when we employ these con- these Luciferian constructs. Lucifer essentially says there is no sin. We should be our own God. God is faulty. This has great play in the inner city where you say many times so a young man will have a sire but not a father. There's not, and then he looks at modern society to divine ideal fatherhood, which is a construct of modern construct, which is not a biblical construct. So there has to be a taking back, not only of the language, but of the practice of fatherhood, of relational authority. And only then is one be able to be oriented because in relativism, the landmarks, the benchmarks of right order, of societal responsibility, of obligation, of duty, all of these things are gone. They're blown away and and they simply don't exist. So we we find ourselves in a strange landscape that we can't navigate. Now, that said, it seems like we're pretty far gone 
because even I'm finding a lot of what you're saying to be sort of revolutionary in a way. And so I'm thinking we're pretty far gone as a society. <laughs> this is, is it to many would come off as sort of novel and quaint. Do, do you, well, a couple of questions. Can this have value in the modern world? And, and what chances do you think there are of ever reviving a societal sense of, of relational authority, the respect, to me, what is basically respect and obedience to God as God? I think that's well said. I, I think that you, you kind of frame the issue in as much as, yes, uh, it may be quaint, it may be outdated, simply because it hadn't been practiced in a good while. That doesn't mean that it's not, doesn't have value. Authority, sustainable authority, is only achieved and unity through that authority. Unity is only achieved by yielding to proper authority, and the authority is only maintained by those who yield to it. And so this is this is going to be very difficult because we're generations into rugged individualism and that we are the own arbiter of our future, our fate, and there's very little yielding to God. I think Archbishop Fulton Sheen said it well when he said, and he was quoting in the 60s, and he said, there was a time when Catholics went to Mass, and in the homily, if something abraded their sensibilities or offended them, they would immediately say, I must amend my life to yield to this authority of the church. Very quickly, that change to the church must amend or yield to my sensibilities. It must modernize. It must realize that we are in a modern time. This has never led us to sanctity, to holiness, to greater relationship with God. Historically, this has always led us to a place of degradation and perversion, and it has descended to the depths, and only then, when we reach rock bottom as a society or as a people, only when we are most destitute do we cry out to God in a Psalm 130, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. This is Israel in Egypt. We must remember when the nation, the Hebrews were, the favored people, were in Egypt. They went there to escape famine, the famine was over, and they stayed in that place. They didn't return to right relationship with God. God constantly gives us these opportunities to return to right relationship with Him, to make a definitive stand, uh, to define ourselves first and foremost in relation to Him rather than in relation to anything else. He constantly gives us these opportunities. We go by those opportunities. We do not embrace them, and they become harder each time. The time to amend your life is now because it will never be easier. It will always be harder. And we're constantly drawing these lines in the sand saying, if this happens, I'm going to quit my job, or if this happens, I'm not going to do this anymore. If this happens, I'll no longer vote for a particular party. And inevitably it happens, and we're pushed further and further into complacency and participation in that complacency in the sins of our nation and the sins of our society. It's going to be more and more difficult in this country to be Catholic and American. As American, that definition is changing. Hopefully the definition of Catholic will not. And this is, like you said, reminiscent of Israel, the biblical history of Israel, the the commandment, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no false gods before me. While they honor that, things are growing, are prospering, are thriving. They turn against that, they start worshiping other gods or just no god at all, and 
they're in exile, they're taken over, they're smashed by the Assyrians or somebody. This happens again and again. God keeps recovering them one way or another through the prophets, through his mercy. But it's a, it's a, it's a back and forth. I think right now, our country, our society is very much in the consequences of this. What's, what scares me is that it's so ingrained in people, this, this relativism, which to me, relativism is like a mental disease that makes any respect for legitimate authority, even the concept that there is legitimate authority outside of my own wishes, there is no such legitimate authority. It's not possible. Therefore, this concept of relational authority, I, I just fear it's, it's, so foreign to the modern mind that there's no way to uh, reintroduce this to human beings. Then again, with the grace of God, all things are possible. But I mean, outside of prayer, <laughs> help me have hope here, I guess is what I'm asking for. Well, I, I think that <laughs> you bring up a very, very good point, And that is, how do you reintroduce this concept and I think that it has to be preserved first. I think that we're looking at very much a first century spiritual milieu of the Roman Empire in as much as this is a pagan nation. This is not a godly nation. It's a pagan nation with pagan values and pagan practices, and it's in a it's in the first stages of entropy. To recognize where we are and then position ourselves in a Nazareth, if you will, a place to preserve our faith, to raise our children and to bury our dead, and to practice relational authority, preserve relational authority for generations to come. It will not be with regained in this generation. I mean, if so, it would be a Nineveh response. It would be the response of Nineveh to Jonah's prophecy. And while that could happen, uh, we are very much like the Ninevites, far from God, much involved with self. And so to have this movement within us, I think is going to be miraculous. But our God is a God of miracles. What got us here will not get us out of here. So it's going to take divine intervention. It's going to take reopening some channels of grace through patriarchy, through matriarchy, through right relationship with our spouses and through our church, and to understand that God is God. There is no other. Whether that whether that false God takes the form of a church or uh, a construct or a job or whatever it may take the form of, there is no God but God Almighty. So I was going to ask, yes, what what can we do in our lives to to help bring this about? Obviously, pray. As you say, this will be a, a miraculous uh, transformation if and when it happens, not likely in our generation. It will require divine intervention. So we, can, we have to pray for this, obviously, and then practice it in our own lives. Is, is that... What more can we do to help bring about a concept of of the the importance of, of relational authority of, of right relationship with with God? Again, even in our own church, I mean, because I hear that expression, the right relationship with God, but I hear it uttered by people who they call themselves Catholic, but there's nothing Catholic in what they're saying. It's just a, a monumental task. It it is monumental. It will require aid from God Himself. It will require. Um, 
full efficacy and, and attention from and to the Trinity, that relationship, nothing else will, will do. And historically, nothing else has done. But we as men have to do some hard, we have to make some very, very hard choices, order ourselves to God and order our families through us to God. This this has some very discomforting concepts to it. What are our false gods? Sport, our self-image, who we think men are, this modern idea of manhood, is this functional in our quest? And, and I think you're going to find that it's not. I think that less is more to vehemently, to militantly live the Ten Commandments, not to use the commandments as the boundaries, but to use them as the center stripe and to stay in the middle of that relationship. Jesus says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And so we're called to a sacrificial love. We're called to a love beyond what Peter promised on the seashore to the risen Christ. We're called to give up our life to lose our identity, our self-identity, in the greater identity, and that is of Catholic manhood, Catholic fatherhood, which brings God Almighty present among us. And as we do that, I think it's important to keep in mind another of the concepts you talk about very thoroughly in this and other talks is the, the whole spiritual warfare consisting of a number of battles. And while we know that in the end, God wins the spiritual war, there's a number of battles. Those of us in in the realm of, of time, the temporal realm, and the church militant, if we take our roles seriously, if we understand our purpose truly, will engage in those battles as best we can and may lose our lives in the process, either reputationally or occupationally or even physically, the way things are And I think doing that sounds virtually impossible, but again, by the grace of God and understanding this concept, I think will help men to dedicate themselves to that. And that that is, in fact, our role, though, is, is to, to fight that battle and Again, regardless of the consequences, which increasingly look like, you know, they're not going to be good. Well, they, they may not be good in the in the, to the observer, to the secular observer, but they will they will be purifying. They will be sanctifying. Right. And, and they will be most efficacious in our purification and sanctification because they place us. These activities place us in the center of our father's will in the center of his divine will to want what he wants because he wants it and to be willing to give all to achieve it good point yeah thank you for bringing that out that whatever struggles we might encounter are certainly worth it towards the ultimate end which is our salvation and that of our our families and everything else which brings me to you know let's the hopeful side of this whole concept can you can you go a little more into the the whole salvific value of relational authority and and how it benefits not only our eternal destiny but also our communities here and now i think that to, to, to look at this, there are several concepts. So there are several broad brush strokes I would like to make. Among them, the first one is this. God's covenant relationship with the Israelites was they were his chosen people to make manifest on the earth God himself, to be God's presence on the earth. 
This goes back to the garden. Adam was God's presence on the earth. Then he chooses a people through Abraham to be his presence on the earth, to demonstrate to all others what the benefits of right relationship are, covenant relationship, and to live in that covenant. Catholicism is what Judaism looks like if you recognize Jesus Christ as the Messiah. It is a natural progression. Our Catholic liturgy is rife with Jewish liturgy and, and Jewish liturgical elements. The Psalms, much of our worship, much of our orientations, and the Decalogue to which we should order our lives. These are very Jewish constructs. And so we are his chosen people by adoption, by our crying out that Jesus is the is the true and living God. He is the son of the living God. He is the living God and was sent to us for sacrifice. By that for our benefit, by that declaration, we are adopting and grafting ourselves into that Jewish covenant, into that Israeli covenant. When we see it that way, we understand that our, our one of our main charges is to be God's presence on the earth and to demonstrate constantly relational authority to God Almighty. This means that we are countercultural. We give a testimony to God Almighty, to his sovereignty, and to our covenant relationship, regardless of what the disposition of society or the world is. And so at different times, this makes us extremely countercultural. We, we are the conscience of the world. We, we become very unpopular presence in a world that is descending into degradation, sin, and self-pleasure. And so we will not be met with open arms. We will not be met with kindness. We will not be met with adoration by society. We are their conscience. And as that, we are a constant reminder of their distance from God as we struggle to grow closer to him. All right. Well, it sounds like we've got a lot of work cut out for us, a lot to prepare ourselves for and a lot to get ready for and a lot to strengthen ourselves for. So what we're going to do now, we'll take another quick break on Men of Christ Radio with our guest Kyle Clement, and we'll come back for the final segment of our program talking about the power of relational authority and bringing ourselves back into line with a proper relationship with God Almighty. Don't go away. There's more to come. This is Guy Murphy with Totally Yours, and for all the listeners, I just want to really encourage them. Catholic Radio is so important because you are our Lady's Army. You're the one who has to evangelize the people in our culture today. And WSFI 88.5 is a great tool to nourish our vocation, nourish your vocation. So stay plugged in because they keep us updated on the current events and all the wonderful things related to our Catholic faith. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Did you know that you can listen to WSFI local programming on demand? 
full episodes of Pro-Life Today, WSFI Spotlight, Healing the Whole Person, Bursting Forth in Sound, along with our novenas, prayers, and devotions, are available on your mobile device or online. For iPhone and iPad users, open the already installed podcast app and search for WSFI. Then click subscribe. Android users need to visit the Google Play Store, download the Stitcher app, create a free account, then search for WSFI. Add us to your favorites playlist by clicking the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. The full archive of local shows is also available at WSFIRadio.org. Need help? Call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Hi, I'm Juliana Tamarazzi, the host of Voice of Nineveh on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. Please join me in our studio audience every first Friday of the month at 11 a.m. to discuss matters which our Christian brothers and sisters face every day in the Middle East. To make reservations to be in the studio audience, please call us at 224-206-8455. That number again is 224-206-8455. All right, we're back. I'm Men of Christ Radio. I'm Brian Farley. We're talking to Kyle Clement about the power of relational authority. Very heavy subject matter here. This is this is a big one. And Kyle, you had just talked about how this understanding of the, of relational authority is going to necessitate that Catholics understand their their situation as being countercultural. Uh, often, our being faithful to the Church, to God Almighty, is going to require that we are very countercultural. I was reminded as you were talking about that when I was a kid. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and a lot of times we'd drive by the temple. There, it was a very Jewish community, and we'd see the the Hasidic Jews. I, I believe that's what you would call them, going to temple, and they had you know their their clothes on, their kind of drab clothes, and the men would have the locks and the hats. And it, it struck me as at the time as just kind of funny, like, well, why do they do that? That's weird, or the Amish, or something along those lines. And you think, well, that's just bizarre. Most of us, myself included, grew up in an era where Catholicism was no big deal. Just about everybody I knew was either Catholic or Christian, and, you know, it's all the same in the minds of us when we're in a lukewarm state of mind. We're now entering a new phase where that's not the case. That 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 won't be acceptable. We will be drawn into situations where we're going to either have to sell out or honor our faith, honor God, and be countercultural, as you've said. Do you think most Catholics are even aware of this, this, this need, this, this obligation that's going to be made of us? I don't, I don't think they are, and I, I think that's a commentary on the successfulness of the adversary strategy to benumb us, to mesmerize us, to distract us, to confuse us, to look down instead of up, up toward God. And I, I think it's been very effective. We've become mired in our own self-interest. We've been distracted through social media and what is our fellow man's opinion. We, we, as a group, are more interested in the judgment of our fellow men than we are the judgment of our Lord and Savior. And so when we become disoriented in that way, I think it's very important that we reorient, and I'm using that word in the, in the biblical and liturgical sense, 
to reorient, to be ad orientum versus ad populum. We need to be concerned and focused on our Lord and, and concerned with who he says we are versus who our popular, our friends, who ad populum, who society thinks we are. When we as a church focus on Christ, move him back in the, in the tabernacles and in, and in our hearts, back to the center of our life and the center of our existence, there is sustainability, there's sanctity, there is right relational authority. And to, to do that, to know what and who God says we are, as opposed to what the, the society says we are, would require considerable amounts of, of prayer, of study, sacraments, participation in the church, which is the whole point of the church in the first place. We've, we've obscured that role, but that is to, to keep us in line with who we are and what we are and what our end is, which is salvation. And it strikes me that so much of, of what is going on in in society today is the uh, what many have called the attack on personhood not just in the obvious sense of abortion but even through a lot of the you know the transgender culture is or what we believe the human person to be you know male and female he created them and that that there is a there's a reason for that and it's up to us to discern that reason and respond to it rather than to seek to change it to our own our own preference. With making people aware of this, the importance of this, the concept of this, how can we do it? You know, we're, we're, we're men of Christ, not just as an organization, but anybody listening there, anybody who cares. What more can we do to make people aware of this? Example, example of our own lives, and what else can we do? Very, very good point, and it is basically, let's go back to, to your observance of our Jewish brothers on their way to temple. They one of the keys is they conform their life to their faith. When we start conforming our life to our faith, we change, and we change those around us. Oftentimes, especially in modern society, our faith must conform to our life. Our prayer has to, to conform to our life and our schedule, and Catholicism is just one item on a long laundry list of, of how we see ourselves and how we interact with society. It has to be the primacy. And very specifically, what can we do? We can lead our family to Mass rather than driving our family to Mass. What I mean by that is a shepherd leads. The sheep follow his lead versus he having to herd them somewhere. Mass needs to be important to us as men. Preparation for the Mass needs to start well in advance. And to shepherd our family to the Mass, dressed to meet our Lord, not dressed for a sporting event. To understand the significance, to turn off our phones when we talk to people, to set down our iPads, to be 100% present to our children, to our wives, and be 100% present to the Lord. To be in dominion, not domination, dominion over those souls and lives which God has entrusted to us, and to realize the magnitude of that responsibility and order ourselves to it, uh, to be that exemplar. Wow. And that's... Quite a responsibility, but certainly in terms of leading to Mass, uh, 
really something as simple as, as, as dressing properly really is is <laughs> simple but very very powerful statement and that's one where we've seen a lot of driftings certainly my parish i think many parishes the 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 dressing the the arriving at the last minute the leaving early that kind of thing it does send a strong message but the larger point being that we need to conform our lives to our faith and that we conform to god not god or our idea of god conforming to us that is right relationship with god that is relational authority which is critical in in this world and how we can bring that back now we need to strengthen ourselves and our families to to endure these the, the challenges that doing this will bring that any any advice there mass obviously sacraments prayer anything else we can do to to, to bolster ourselves I think that two, one is the two biggest areas are social media and politics and commenting on the culture. Refrain, if at all possible, from participating in politics and commenting on the culture. It brings about an emotional response and a primacy in our mind that is inappropriate. And I think that it is good to have family discussions with regard to what we call the 500-year rule, meaning pick a topic as long as it didn't happen within the last 500 years, and talk about it. Let's talk about the things of God. Let's talk about Scripture, the treasures of our church. Uncover some of our very, very rich heritage that the world seeks to to hide, obfuscate, or in some cases simply destroy. But to become ordered to family, to, to the domestic church, and to start to understand that there needs to be line-of-sight devotion in the homes. There need, we need to bring back enthronement to the Sacred Heart. We need to go back to the old school when the convents were full, when the monasteries were full, when the seminaries were full, and when families were robust in their faith and in their love for one another. Excellent. Well, this is fascinating stuff, Kyle, and we could go on and on, but we only have this hour here on WSFI. But for those of you listening, if you like what you're hearing from Kyle, I won't be the one speaking, and that's a good thing. Kyle is going to be coming to the Milwaukee area August 26th, August 27th for a workshop slash retreat through Men of Christ talking about relational authority, spiritual and psychological vulnerabilities, the righteous role men have in the kingdom of God, and other things. If you'd like more information, the best way to do it probably is just to email me. I'll give you my address, brian.farley at menofchrist.net. I'll spell that out, B-R-I-E-N dot F-A-R-L-E-Y at menofchrist.net. Dot net, and can give you some more information if you're interested in being a part of this. Just tons and tons of very valuable and fascinating information. So, Kyle, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today, and very much looking forward to seeing you in late August for this retreat and workshop. Thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to men of Christ. I think that it is groups like this that will that will change the world. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's great to hear. And that's what we're trying to do. No small task, but we're doing our best. So thank you very much, Kyle. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. That's all the time we have. So again, thank you, Kyle Clement. Thanks to our apt and able producer, Bill Snyder. Thanks to WSFI. 
Catholic Radio, 88.5 FM, and all of you for listening here on Men of Christ Radio. We really appreciate it. Let's wrap up, especially after this particular episode, with a prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Men of Christ Radio on WSFI 88.5 FM, Catholic Radio. For more information on this or any other radio program, visit wsfiradio.org or email info at wsfiradio.org. To learn more about the Men of Christ, visit menofchrist.net.